This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you in part by Rosedale Communications, offering author-centric literary consulting, writing, and editing services to help you capture your voice, craft your message, edit your content, and publish your completed manuscript for business or ministry online at craftingyourmessage.com. Hey there, it's producer Michael Miracle here. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. We are your on-air resource as a workplace believer. And check out our website for tons more I Work For Him resources. We've got blogs and podcasts and reading material and all sorts of fun stuff there. Plus, a link to listen to the live show several times a day. Yep, head to the website. That's IWorkForHim.com. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. And the listen tab's up there on the top left. Click that, then click the live link, and you can listen to us live every weekday. That's IWorkForHim.com. I work the number for him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for, hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our nine to five. This is the I Work For Him podcast. Every day we try to bring you a challenge that will also bring me a challenge of how we connect our faith and our work, connecting what we hear on Sunday with what we do in our nine to five. However you are listening to us today, know two things. So we've prayed for this show, that something we say today will cause us to dig deep in our faith and connecting that stuff that we got in the Sunday sermon with what we do in our nine to five, but also to recognize that our workplace is our mission field. And in that mission field, you and me, we may be the only Jesus our coworkers and employees may ever meet. But make sure you connect with us online at IWorkForHim.com or on Facebook, I work for him. Or if you'd like to leave us some feedback, you can always call the I work for him listener line 866-713-9675, 866-713-9675. All right. Every day we go to work, we make a kingdom impact. Our jobs may be in support or in sales and labor and management, but everything we do, it impacts the life of another human being and maybe even more than one human being. But when you went to work today, did you consider the fact that your life makes a difference to others? Did you stop to thank God for the opportunity to make an impact today on the lives of at least one person? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard that before? The job that you do, the people that you work with, they're both important to God. He created them along with you. Today, we head back to Austin, Texas, to the world headquarters of Sidera Health and the Karis Group. And we talked with Tony Dale and several of his employees, as well as Felicity Dale is going to join us towards the end of the show. Give us an update on small church. Tony Dale, welcome back to I Work For Him. Jim, thank you so much. It's always a, a pleasure to be a part of this program. Tony, I just want to I want to step back for a second. We always we're always talking about the you know your incredible businesses, but I want to just hear from your heart as you are involved in C twelve and you're out there communicating to people all about healthcare sharing and you're helping people negotiate their bills and you've got all these different ministries you're out there involved. How do you how have you seen the Lord recently working in the marketplace around you? Wow, that's a uh, that's a big question, and uh, I, I, I'm trying to think where I would start. You know, I, I think the main thing that I've been noticing over recent weeks is the incredible power of prayer as it impacts what's going on uh, in the various businesses I'm involved in. Uh, let, let me give you a different example, perhaps from, from normal, uh, not connected with the health-related businesses, but uh, we, we have a building that we're developing. 
and uh, at the end of this month, uh, my companies are due to move into that building. Wow. Uh, and there were some significant delays occurring. In fact, we had been delayed almost six weeks waiting for, uh, I, I guess, some sort of official you know, city uh, stamp of approval permitting on uh, something tied up with, with landscaping, you know, not, not even directly related to the building itself. Uh, but six weeks makes a huge difference in a building project. Uh, and so uh, we called our intercessors in to be actively engaged in this uh, and just said, look, you know, it, it may be kind of trivial compared to some of the stuff that we discuss week by week as we uh, get the intercessors involved in praying. Uh, but I said, please, you know, we, we cannot afford another week, let alone another six weeks of delay if we're all going to move in. And, uh, you know, for, uh, for us here, we're, our, our tenancy runs out. Uh, so where do we go? You know, do we have everybody work from home? Uh, well, anyway, uh, within days of having put this into the hands of the intercessors, uh, we had that approval, uh, and we had another one that had been causing problems. I don't understand ex even what the terminology means, but there was something about the setting of the electricity uh, meters that had to be done to be permanent, to be turned on, and uh, that got turned on. And, you know, I just look at these things and I say, thank you, Lord, because th these are things where uh, we, we do not humanly have the capacity, I guess, to intervene. But God God can intervene. And uh, I believe we bring every need to him. Well, and I think there's, there's a lot of really beautiful things about what you just said. Number one, that you sa said, hey, I can't fix this. First of all, I'm dealing with contractors. Those are difficult as it is, but I can't fix this. I need the Lord. He's got the details down. I need to. I just need to surrender to the Lord. And you brought in your prayer team. That's fantastic. Number two, you just brought to the attention of the audience that God cares about the intimate details of our lives, even a construction project and a construction schedule. That's something that a lot of us, Tony, miss. That where where we just didn't, we just don't see God's hand. We don't. We don't think God cares about the small stuff. Man, life is made up of the small stuff, Jim, and, and I, I think that's really where the rubber hits the road in terms of how we walk out our faith. Um, one of the things I've really asked the Lord in relation to, to our companies uh, is that people would not be able to look at them and say, oh, what a great job you guys have done. Uh, that they would almost, as it were, be forced into saying, wow, the only way we can describe the favor on that, uh, you know, on that deal, on what you're doing, on what you're trying to accomplish, is that God is involved. There's something beyond human capacity. Uh, and so uh, in, in that context, uh, we, we just constantly say, Lord, we want you engaged. We want it so obvious that it's you, that you get the glory, that people don't try and give us credit for what we don't deserve any credit for. Tony, talk to me about your intercessors, because that is, let's describe for the audience what that is. You know, what is it? What do you mean when you said you called in your, your intercessors? What does that mean? Okay. Well, uh, you know, that obviously could mean different things in different contexts, but uh, I've felt for many years uh, that intercession is a key work within any company. And what I mean by that is 
Uh, just because people are praying and that's their work, that does not mean they should not be paid. I.e., oh, let's find, you know, some volunteers who, who care enough about us that they'll take their time to pray for us. That, that would be great. That would be a great starting place. Uh, but what I see in Scripture uh, is that, for example, I mean, the, the early uh, apostles, they said, uh, you know, it's important that we uh, don't get all of our time used up in the distribution of food and this type of stuff, uh, because what our primary call is, is to the ministry of, you know, uh, uh, of the word and of intercession. Uh, I may be misquoting it, but, you know, that's the, the rough sure. idea there in Acts chapter 6. Uh, and so I've always felt what we see in the Bible. I mean, King David had people hired 24-7 just for the ministry of worship and praise. Uh, and, you know, he's king of the greatest empire on earth at that time. Surely it would be appropriate in our businesses that we had people whose calling is prayer and we were willing to pay them for fulfilling that calling. Uh, and so we have a team of intercessors. They're actually called Marketplace Rock, uh, based in Denver, Colorado. Uh, and they literally pray for us, and we literally pay them. Uh, and we love to pay them. And I don't begrudge them a penny of what we pay them, uh, because their work is as important as mine. Uh, and that is, it's just reaching out to God and saying, Lord, we, we want to work in an environment where we know we are recipients of your favor, your, your blessing, uh, your wisdom. There, there are so many issues every business is face, and we need his wisdom. Wow. I just love the picture of what you just have described that the fact that, you know, it, the ministry of praying is no different than no more or less significant than the ministry of preaching. And we have no problem paying preachers, but we to pay people to pray. I, I just love the fact that you brought that up because I, I wanted our audience to hear that today, Tony, because it's significant because there are people out there that truly have the gift of intercessing on behalf. That's probably not the right way to work. They're intercessors professionally. That's their Holy Spirit gifting. Uh, and I love the fact that you brought that out. How, just really quick, how big of a difference has that made in how you lead your company? Well, Jim, uh, I would say it's made a huge difference. Um, I mean, I could tell you story after story where we, we've just come before the Lord and, you know, involved our intercessors and said, Lord, we don't know what to do here. You know, hiring decisions, uh, decisions tied up with the building, like I just mentioned, you know, do we start a, a new entity? Uh, well, when we, when we come back, when we come back, Tony, I want to hear one of those stories. So think about one of those when, when we're taking a break. You're listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. We go all Austin, Texas today, and some of his team from a couple of his companies, Sedera Health and the Karis Group, boy, I'd love for you to check them out. If you are a business owner or a leader of an organization, and you are trying to figure out what in the world you can do about your health insurance, your health care costs, that's a better way to put it, your health care costs, you need to talk to Tony. Tony Dale and his team at Sedera Health, they are going to turn your world right side up. Isn't that true, Tony Dale? Can't can't Sedera Health just turn somebody's healthcare world in a business or organization right side up? Uh, it really can. And uh, we have so many stories of companies that this has just radically impacted their bottom line. So how do people get a hold of you? I mean, if somebody wants to call the, you know, go out to Sedera Health or Sedera.com, S-E-D-E-R-A.com, that's one way. Do you guys got an 800 number they call or a bat line or something like that? 
Uh, I'm sure the answer is yes, but, you know, as a typical founder, I, uh, I, I never even know those details, which I should. So it's uh, best just no to check out online. Just okay. reaching out at sedera.com. That's right. S-E-D-E-R-A.com. Uh, and Tony is the humblest man I know in this industry. And you got he, he's not going to sit there and brag all day long about what a great job they do. But I will tell you that their customers have testified on this show of the huge impact it's making on their organizations, not just the bottom line, but the hearts and souls and minds of the people that work in the companies that are getting ministered to by Sedera Health and the Caris Group. All right, Tony Dale, I promised our audience that you would just share one of those amazing stories of how the intercessors have made an impact that was the question i asked right it's been so long now so that we were at the break that the intercessors have have made an impact specifically within your company i'd love to tell one of those stories and i can give you that 800 number now thank you okay. i've got a wonderful team that take care of me uh, so that number is 800-473-5472 uh, but, you know, the thrilling thing uh, to, to me is watching God at work. Uh, and you asked me to give you one example. Well, we, we have a company policy uh, that uh, we ask all of our staff to have uh, at least a bachelor's degree. Uh, it's not that we think that's the be-all and end-all of anything. Uh, but uh, rather it shows that people have had the diligence and the faithfulness, you know, to, to just – find their way through getting a degree. Uh, Well, we had a need. It was a technology need. Uh, And uh, we had two pretty good candidates, uh, but one that was favored by the person leading the technology team, but this person did not have a degree. So it was brought to me, and I said, well, let's just go to the intercessors and see if anything comes out of it. Well, lo and behold, the intercessors came back with something really clear. Uh, And I don't want this to be spooky or anything, but, you know, just something that made it so clear to us that the Lord was saying, you can trust this one without the degree is the one that you're looking for. And we hired him. And he's been fantastic, a huge asset at every level. Uh, And that's how down to earth it is uh, in terms of involving God in your business. Wow, that is so cool. I mean, how many people listening have said, Lord, we just need some clarity on this person. We need specifics. I mean, that's that's the beauty of the Heavenly Father that we serve. All right. I I want to take a step away from that, although it's been fantastic. And again, Tony, thank you for sharing about the intercessing, about paying, having an intercessor as part of your team. That's really what you're saying. We we find that that role within our organization is just as important as the person counting the money. People praying. That, that, That is just very, very cool. All right. You've got an amazing assistant. You've got somebody that helps make your life amazing each and every day. And I talk to her often, but I'd like you to do the introduction today on the air. Well, you know, when Carrie came to meet me, first of all, she said, you know, I hadn't even intended, I wasn't looking for a job. I was looking for someone else. uh, And I saw this and I thought, wow, I might be tempted back to work by this. Uh, And uh, she has just been a delight ever since. So, yes, Carrie, I'm Carrie. happy to put her in your hands, Jim. Fan- fantastic. Carrie Fochek, welcome to I Work For Him. 
Hello. Thanks for having me. You know, you were having a big birthday, which we won't mention on the air what number that was. But when I was there in Austin last November, and I'm very sad I never got to meet you face to face. But the next time we're through Austin, we'll make sure that we plan it so we can actually meet face to face. Carrie, why don't you just take a second and just share how just how did you become a Christ follower? Well, um, I was raised in a Christian home, so I've always um, had, you know, the Lord around our home and our family. And I believe I was probably about 10 years old where um, I just felt a calling in church one Sunday where God was just speaking to me to um, ask him to just take control of my life and to give my heart over to him and ask him into my life. And... um, that was the day that I, I did it. <laughs> so that's the day that you mark in history that you said, no, nope, I'm all in for Jesus. I love that. I love that. So how long have you now been with Sidera and working alongside Tony Dale? Um, coming up on three years. And what do they call your position today? What, what, is, what, is, what do they actually call your position? Because I know what you do a little bit of everything, but what do they call your position? Um, my title is an executive assistant. And really, you just keep Tony running in the straight and narrow every day. I mean, it's 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 a difficult job at best. How about so? You, have you worked at other places, or has Sidera been the only place you've ever worked? Um, actually, I did work one other time. I've been a stay-at-home mom most of my life. Awesome. Um, I did, oh, um, that's is that not a workplace? That, that to is me a is a pretty significant workplace. Yes, it is. Um, How I many kids? Did? An owner of a bank um, and supported him for about two years. Okay. And then um, went back to my stay-at-home job and came across, like Tony said, this job posting um, one day. And I really feel like God put this job. I mean, there's a reason for me to be here um, because, I, like Tony said, I wasn't looking um, for anything in the name Karis. And I was like, hey, that's a Greek word. And I looked more at what the company is and what they stood for and thought this is a place I think I want to just apply and see what happens, and here I am. <laughs> so compare your work environment, formerly at the bank. I know at home it was very different raising kids. How many kids do you have, Carrie? I have three. Three kids. That's no small job for sure. Uh, no, how old are they now? Uh, 20, 15, and 13. Mm, so you're still in the midst of it then with the, well, really all three of them. You're still in the midst of it pretty heavily. Yes, very much. <laughs> So compare the work environment, though, when you're at the bank and, we're, and today at Sidera Health. Talk to me about what, what, what's the difference. Talk, talk to me about your work experience difference. Well, I, 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 let me just talk. What I'm, what I'm meaning is about how does yeah. it feel? How does it feel? Completely different. Um, there were no believers at the bank where I work for, and I wasn't treated um, with a lot of respect. Um, and that's why I ultimately left there. Um, here at Karis and working for Tony, I'm extremely cared for, um, and I feel like I matter. And, I mean, they really, the culture here at Karis and Sidera is just completely different than any other place, um, well, from where I was before. And um, I've just had amazing relationship here with Tony and other employees here, when things have, you know, been going on personally in my life where they just stop to pray and care for me and talk me through, um, you know, things that might be happening. And 
it's just really nice to have that environment. It sounds like a gift. I, I love that. So talk to me about how you see your job impacting those you support as an executive assistant. And I know, no, let, me, let me just help you with that one, because I know we argued about this on the phone recently, <laughs> because you're like, I don't want to answer that question, because I'm not really sure how to answer that question. But you've got a calling on your job, a unique gifting that allows you to organize things, see big picture, and help not only manage your own life, but the life of others. So how do you see your job and your faith intersecting within your job impacting the lives of those that you support? Well, I, I guess when I thought about that question more is I am definitely helping things run more smoothly and taking things off of Tony's plate that are, you know, the smaller things so he can focus on his vision of the bigger things and the things that he's um, so good at doing. But and then how do you so you take that you're, so you're making his life easier for so he can focus on the big picture you can focus on some of those details and help those out but how do you see that as an extension of what God is doing in your life and in Tony's life how do you see yourself as being used as kind of the hand of God to support Tony how, how does that do you see your role as significant in the kingdom hmm because there's a lot of people out there that are supporting others, whether they call themselves executive assistants, assistants, or whatever. There's, we're all supporting somebody. But do you have a vision of what that – I mean, how does your work demonstrate the work of God? And, and, Tony, maybe you can help her out because this is something a lot of people are like, well, I don't really see it. But, Tony, we were talking with Carrie Fochek, and she's your executive assistant. But I asked this question, and I think I stymied Carrie a little bit. I asked the question, how do you see your job as an extension or as, as an extension of the hand of God as you serve those that you that you touch each and every day? And that's tough for, for somebody that does the job that Carrie does each and every day in supporting and making somebody else's life easier. It may be hard for her to see how she's the hand of God to you, but Tony, why don't you describe for the audience how your executive assistant, Carrie Fochek is really demonstrating an attribute of God to you each and every day. Well, you know, she really does because when you have someone who's, whose job, whose brief as it were, is to make your life easier, uh, There are so many things that might just get overlooked, but where someone who cares goes out of their way. So, for example, email is a huge uh, issue for most executives in their lives. There's so many interruptions, and email is a constant interruption. Uh, When when someone not only within their nine-to-five slot, and Kerry actually works less hours than that, but, but... all hours of day and night is is checking things up for me, is warning me if something important has come through that I didn't know about, is making sure that as best she knows how, that what I need to see done is being done so I can do what God's called me to do effectively. That is a huge resource. Uh, and that really is the hand of God. It, it's a blessing from God. And, and so I would be the first to acknowledge that uh, her work is essential. Uh, I, I literally would probably accomplish half as much if I did not have her taking care of all of the small details. And, and as we said earlier on the show today, God does care about those intimate details of our lives. And so, Carrie, as you are doing and managing those details for Tony, you are demonstrating God to Tony because you care about those details. 
Carrie, thank you for sharing a little bit of your story today. Yeah, thank you. It wasn't so bad, was it? No, no. Okay. All right. Now, next to you is Jamie Aguilar. Jamie, t- welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you so much. Talk, talk to us about your role there. Are you with the Sedera Health or are you with the Karis Group? I'm with the Karis Group. So All right. Talk, talk about your role then within the Karis Group. Sure. I've been here a little over three years, and um, I was hired as a patient to be a patient advocate. And so we help negotiate medical bills. And um, more recently, I've transitioned over as also an executive assistant, but to Mike Martin, who's our CEO. And um, so, yeah, I've really enjoyed learning about the business and kind of having now a couple of different roles and getting to take part in different pieces of the company. Now, have you worked at other places before you worked there there at the Karis Group? I have. Um, similar to Carrie, though, my number one priority has been my kids. I have three kids also. And so a lot of my time in the past 18 years has been spent with my children, and I've felt like that's what God wanted me to do, you know, as a, as a family for me to be there first for my kids. And um, I love that... I am able to work here part-time so that I can still be there for my kids today. And um, Wait, Jamie, how old are your kids? 18 and 15, almost 16 and 11. Wow, you guys you guys could share uh I was going to say horror stories, war stories with those kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we, we yeah, yeah. Yeah, mentor one another on those rough days. So compare compare the <laughs> Compare the last job you had outside of the home before you decided, before you had kids and dedicated to that very difficult job of raising kids, probably the most difficult and most important, significant job you'll ever have is raising your three kids. Compare the work environments between the Karis Group and the, the last place. How different is it at the Karis Group and what do you attribute it to? Um, well, I've had a few different jobs, even with the kids, but they've all been part-time, mostly from home, and that gave me the flexibility that I needed. But um, I, I like working from home just fine, but there's just something very different here about being with this particular group of people. I feel like I have people that can mentor me and guide me all around me, and it's something that... I mean, our faith is not something, it's, it's very clearly here amongst the other staff, but it's not something that's, you know, pushed upon in anyone in any way. But if you are seeking that spiritual guidance, it's here and it's so clear. And it, it's a huge blessing to be in a place where you feel like you can get that spiritual guidance anytime you need it. And so I, I really am so thankful for that. Jamie, now how long have you been a Christ follower? Also, similar to Carrie, since I was 10, I grew up in a small town, went to a little Baptist church with my family, with my parents, my grandparents, and my great-grandparents, and we sat on the same row every Sunday, and um, one day Father Ed was preaching, and he caught my attention in a special way, and I realized that was the direction I wanted my life to take, and I, I still remember being baptized, and that was very special for me and my family, and... So, yes, ever since I was quite small, was fortunate to be raised in a, a home that taught me about Jesus. Now, Jamie, do you still get to interact with customers on a regular basis, or is most of your time spent supporting, as you mentioned, Mike Martin? Um, a little of both at the moment. Okay. Um, 
So give me a story then of how you've been able to help a customer recently, what it looked like, and how your faith impacted that interaction. So there, there are lots of different stories. I guess the one that comes to my mind the most vividly is the very first time I was working with a patient that passed away. And he was going through cancer treatment and you know, I was helping negotiate his medical bills, helping to make a plan for those bills. And, and I called one day and, and the wife, uh, his wife answered the phone and she said, I have terrible news, he's passed away. She said, I, I buried my husband today. And I mean, that still just breaks my heart. I can still hear her voice. And um, just just knowing I could be there for her throughout the coming months, you know, I, I still would call her each week and he wasn't there to talk to anymore, but being able to help her out, you know, she went through a lot of emotions and she was so thankful to have somebody there to help her look through those piles of bills. And that's, it, it, was, it was a blessing to me to be able to help her in that way, but it was just, it's kind of unexplainable, I guess, but just being able to be there for somebody in that way and help them, it's just, it was very impactful to me. And and hopefully I feel like it, you know, helped her as well. Do you ever get a chance to pray with customers when you got them on the phone and they're having a tough day? Like, Hey, by the way, my, I just buried my husband. That's a pretty tough conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's one thing I, I have a lot of sticky notes. I'm a sticky note person, so um, <laughs> I keep little sticky notes of people's names when they when they are going through something really rough, or if I just feel like this person really needs prayer, I just I write their name on a sticky note and I'll keep it in my folder and I'll pray for them. Even this morning, I saw a sticky note in my little daily devotional, and it's another family's name that um, you know the wife. The, the husband did not pass away, but he was very ill, and she was suddenly having to take care of all of the the bills, and she had never done that before. And we were able to look through all the bills together, and we spent a great deal of time together on the cell phone. And and she was a pleasure to work with, and I was I was thankful for that relationship. And so, when I see her name on that sticky note, I'll still still say a prayer for she and her husband, and and you know hope they're doing well. And she's she's grown a lot through the experience, and. I, I learned just as much, though, from people through interacting with people. So, again, I hope, hopefully I'm helpful to others. That's the goal. But I'm certainly thankful for the things that I learned through through the experiences as well. Wow. I love, I love that you are really embracing your ministry every day as you work for the Karis Group. And uh, it, it it is so important that everybody understands that their workplace, it's their mission field. And, and every day you're encouraged to live out that mission field. And I, and I love that. That's really cool. Jamie Aguilar, thank you so much for sharing that story on I Work For Him. Okay, so Tony Dale, please introduce your bride. She hasn't been on the show for a while. Why don't you tell our audience about your bride? Well, where do, where do you start? Uh, this may not be the normal introduction, but uh, in, in the Church of England, uh, every Sunday they pray for the Queen, and they pray that the Lord would grant the Queen everlasting joy and felicity. And so I used to pray when I was there that uh, the Queen would get the joy and I would get felicity. Uh, felicity is an amazing person. Uh, we met her first day of medical school. She's a far better doctor than I would ever have been. But she chose to be primarily a wife and mother. Uh, and we've just had 46, approaching 47 incredible years. Mm, Felicity Dale, 
Welcome back to I Work For Him. Thank you so much. How about that for an introduction? That, that was cool. That was yeah. very cool. How did you guys meet? How did you and Tony meet? Well, there's a bit of a story behind that. So um, uh, when I was waiting to go up to medical school, we, we in England it's a little bit different. You don't go to, through university first before going to medical school. You go uh, straight after school. So I guess I was 18 at the time. And... Um, I, I knew one other medical student, and one day he was telling me about the students that I would meet, um, one other medical student at the college I was going to. He was telling me about the students I would meet, and uh, when he mentioned Tony's name, there were only like three of them in a class of 150, um, uh, three Christians, that is. When, when he mentioned Tony's name, it was like the Lord whispered in my heart, that's the man you're going to marry. So it was with great interest that on my first day of medical school, I actually did bump into Tony. In fact, I sought him out because I knew that he was involved in the, the Christian activities there. And um, I, I never told him that story, not until we were married. But, um, you know, it was it was just God, God's sort of uh, blessing and sort of anticipation, perhaps, of what was to come. And as Tony said, 46 years of marriage, which has been wonderful. That's and 46 years of marriage and many more years ahead. And Felicity, you and Tony have a passion. It's kind of like your side. It's it's not it's it's your ministry, but because the businesses are both ministries, this is like your sideline hobby ministry. Tell us about what you and Tony are passionate about. Well, we're very passionate about um, small church. Uh, often meeting in homes, restaurants, wherever, not part of a, a sort of formal structure, but Christians getting together, sharing fellowship together, reaching out to their neighbors and those around them. So but what is, what's the idea behind this small church, house church, bar church, office church, wherever, meet in the park church? What's the idea behind this? What, what, you know, because some people will go, well, can you really even have church if you're not in a building? So talk about this. I think if you look back at uh, the Book of Acts, we don't see special buildings. We don't see special clergy. We just see uh, believers getting together, uh, sharing in one another's homes, taking taking meals together, um, involving in one another's lives. And there's increasingly around the world, there's a movement of this kind of church. So uh, I think most people are aware of China, where for political reasons and safety reasons, obviously, people had to meet in that way. But increasingly around the world, there's movements going on where literally millions of people are being swept into the kingdom uh, through through uh, small groups meeting in homes and reaching out to their neighbors. So you, I mean, you guys, you're so passionate about this. You guys wrote a book. I want to hit that in a second. But what do you think is driving this trend towards small church? Is there specific? I almost use the word metrics, but that's not the right word. Are there specific things that people aren't getting out of maybe the larger church experience that they can get out of the small church experience? Well, if you look at the statistics, which I, I don't actually have to hand, but. Um increasingly people are are leaving the traditional church. Maybe it's because their lives are getting busy. Maybe it's because church is somehow not satisfying them. But increasingly people are leaving. And uh, a number of these um, are, are called the nuns because they basically go into nothing but uh, or no formal church. But a, a lot of them get together and share their lives together. 
And so I, I think um, when you look at what's happening uh, around the world, when you look at what's happening in this country, the face of Christianity is changing. And it's changing from something that's been institutional and somewhat formal and, and regimented to something that's much more free-flowing and uh, spontaneous, people getting together, people reaching out to their neighbors, as I said, reaching out into their neighborhoods and, and trying to bring the kingdom of God into every aspect of their lives, not just a couple of hours on a Sunday morning. You, you mentioned spontaneous because that's something that, you know, we've had organized religion for 1,700 years. I mean, when the Romans adopted uh, Christianity, I mean, they, they formalized everything. But it did, did take some of that spontaneity out of there. What, what is, what's the advantage? And I'd like to add to spontaneity. I think it's relationship. But what does spontaneity yeah. look like in a small church? What do, what do you mean? In a, in a small church where there's no, um, there's no set formula for what's going on, then you can follow the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. So it doesn't depend on one person saying, okay, now we're going to sing this hymn, now I'm going to um, you know, share a sermon. But, but everybody is, is listening to the Holy Spirit and bringing what God gives them. And the Holy Spirit is like a master conductor of an orchestra, and he, he brings people in and he, he brings God's message uh, to us rather than just the, the thoughts of one person. And so I, I've seen extraordinary things happen in, in times like, like that, um, where God has you know, transformed people's lives. Well, and I and love that. to say that he doesn't do so in, in a traditional church, too. Obviously, he does. I'm not saying it has to be one or the other, but uh, that, that's been our experience anyway. Well, and I think it's just that we're, we're letting people know about something that, as you and Tony have been so passionate about it, and it is, it's just an out of the, it, it's just a little out of the box. And I think that the Holy Spirit is definitely not in the box and God's not in the box. And so that having that freedom sometimes gets squashed by a bulletin. Now, a lot of churches are moving away from the bulletins, but if the Holy Spirit's moving, you know, uh, uh, Mary in the front row to really say something significantly, Mary's not usually free to share that in front of the entire congregation when somebody else is at the pulpit. How do you handle that? Because in a small church, is there somebody still in charge? We'd like to say that the Holy Spirit is in charge, but I mean, usually there's a leader, and uh, and uh, usually they're sensitive enough to to make sure that everybody's included. So, it, you know, if a, if a leader, and it can happen in a small church as well as in a big church, if a leader decides to dominate, and they're going to take control and they're going to make sure things go as you know they want them to, then that really is is squashing what the the Holy Spirit would do with sort of creativity and and. Um, uh, other people taking initiative. So uh, the mark of a good leader is somebody who makes sure that everybody participates and um, the Holy Spirit is allowed free reign to say what he wants. So you might have um, people, somebody might start a song, somebody might uh, bring a thought, somebody might bring something for, for, for prayer, somebody might say this is, this is something the Holy Spirit's laying on my heart or they might have a picture or a prophetic word, whatever it might be. But... Um, uh, everybody has an opportunity to contribute. You've been involved in the small church movement for a lot of years now. Talk to me about how it has impacted you personally. How has your spiritual walk been impacted by being involved in small church, house church? I think on a number of different levels. Um, 
firstly, uh, when, um, when, you, when you're involved in a house church, uh, you can't uh, delegate responsibility uh, for what's going to go on in any, any meeting to a leader. And so you have to keep your own walk with the Lord uh, fresh so that if, if he wants to share something through you at that meeting, then you, you, you're in tune with him. I think so that's one thing. A second thing is that, um, as you mentioned before, the relationships become very important. Uh, within a small group, you can form deep relationships, deep friendships that, that happen in both within the meeting, but also outside the meeting on the day, day-to-day, the day-to-day walk. So um, that would be a second thing. And then I think a, a key thing is that uh, we are all the time looking out to see uh, who else, who in our neighborhood, who who can we find who might be interested in in a in a spiritual conversation, and um, we're we're all praying, um, you know, that that we'll have that opportunity to share Christ with others, and and, and so one's, one's reaching out as well. So in with the small church, with the house church, do you find it easier to invite people who maybe wouldn't go to a big church? Will they come to a house church, or is it just as awkward for them? Well, it's probably as awkward for them coming to our homes if we haven't created a relationship as it is going to a church. But actually, uh, the if, if you look at Luke 10, which is one of the key passages uh, that is being used around the world in terms of starting churches, it's not that we invite them to our church, but we get to know them. We try to take church to their home with their friends and their relatives. Mm. So you're trying to start church in the home of initially an unbeliever, but, uh, you know, hopefully they then become believer. And that's when a, when a church starts is when you have a group of them and their friends who become believers. Really quick, Felicity Dale, is there a website where people can go and go, how, I want to start a house church. Here's an idea how to get started. Is there a website people can reference? Um, there are uh, several websites. I have a blog, which is uh, simplychurch.com, simply, as opposed to simple, simplychurch.com. Um, Luke10.com is another good website. There are various websites around, yeah. That's fantastic. All right. Felicity, we've got to do this again when you can introduce more people to the idea of small church. Because a lot of people out there going, I'm just, I just want more. I want depth. I, want, I just want deeper relationships. And sometimes sitting in the pews, you just don't get that. But Felicity, thanks for sharing from your heart today. Thank you. Tony Dale, in our last minute and a half. Talk to us about Sidera Health and who should be calling Sidera Health to talk to them about their health care for their employees. Uh, absolutely. If people are looking for answers at the corporate level, they're welcome to go to www.sidera, that's S-E-D-E-R-A dot com, uh, or to call the 800 number at 800-473-5472. Uh, and in relation to the Keras group, uh, this is kind of different. It's not uh, Keras is not uh, a solution uh, as an alternative to health insurance, but uh, actually provides a whole host of services that are used by companies, uh, either in relation to patient navigation and a wide variety of other things. Uh, they can go to the CarisGroup.com or to their 800 number, uh, which is actually eight five five three eight six. Six six eight three, uh, and there are people uh, at both of those companies that would love to help people sort out the sort of chaos That's of fan. what's currently going on in healthcare. 
Tony Dale, thanks again for a great show today. Appreciate you very, very much, sir. It's our pleasure. And to Carrie Fochek and Jamie Aguilar, and of course, to Felicity Dale, thank you guys all for being on I Work For Him. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, it's my mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. 